Welcome to the Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. I'm Sharon Betters, and I am the host of many of these podcasts, and my husband, Chuck, is also a host. And in this conversation, you are going to hear my husband, Chuck, and Nick Johnson talk about pastors and their critics. And uh, Nick co-authored a book called Pastors and Their Critics, A Guide to Coping with Criticism in the Ministry, and his co-author is Joel R. Beakey. You know, if you've been in the ministry for any length of time, then you know that criticism comes with the territory of shepherding. And in part one of this conversation, Chuck and Nick talk about what that's like and how it can be painful, but how there is a difference between constructive criticism and betrayal and how to determine what you're hearing. And I think that young pastors especially will benefit from this conversation because as we heard in part one, seminaries are not offering classes on how to handle criticism. And sometimes I think that young pastors enter the ministry and shepherding a flock, a a congregation, and they are like a deer caught in headlights when they hear the first criticism from someone in their church. So how can they respond in a way that creates a climate where people feel free to not, you know, dice and slice the pastor, but with prayer and careful consideration and without fear can share something maybe in the preaching or the way that the church, the direction of the church, or maybe counsel that the pastor has given. And they can talk to the pastor without fear of hurting the relationship. I think this is a great balancing act. And in this conversation, in part two of our podcast called Pastors and Their Critics, Chuck and Nick are going to talk about that very thing. So I think that you're going to enjoy listening to this conversation. My husband, Chuck, starts out with the question, asking Nick, how do you create a climate where people feel safe in offering criticism that is not meant to hurt, but is meant to build up? How do you cultivate in a local church in an atmosphere where people feel free to criticize in a God-honoring way the pastor? And how does the pastor promote that kind of environment for people to feel free to uh, criticize his work, his ministry, his words, his sermons? in a God-honoring way? How do, how do you create that atmosphere in the local church, both for the pastor and for the sheep? I think it starts with the leadership. And that's what I've sought to do in the six months that I've, I've been a pastor, is to begin with my elders in particular, to seek to foster a, a vulnerability with them in my, in my relationship, in my, in my conversation, to be asking them from the day I got here, asking them to speak into my preaching, making it clear to them that I want them to be calling me out if they see me doing something that is contradicting the scriptures or hear something in my preaching that is that is inappropriate or or wrong or that is concerning to them. And and so I have sought to cultivate a, a close relationship with my elders. Now, it's only been six months. So you can only get so close in a limited time. But I would say we, we do have a very close bond. And I know 
that if they they have an issue with me, they know that the door is open and and that they are comfortable walking through that door and and approaching me with criticism, not not in order to destroy me, but in order to to build me up and and to help me. And so it begins there. And I think when you have a session or a body of elders that is operating with a culture of healthy criticism, that it it just kind of naturally spills over into the congregation. But I think there are a number of things. We, we, there's a whole chapter in our book on this, and I, I won't go through everything that we, we said there. But one thing that I have found helpful in, in these early months of ministry, especially as a young guy, I can do this uh, because I, I don't know what I'm doing. Like this is my my first time counseling a married couple and my first time doing a wedding and my first time doing a funeral. So people expect me to make mistakes. And rather than pretending like I I didn't make a mistake or trying to cover it over, just admitting it, like, okay, I screwed up there. Would you would you please forgive me? I, I misspoke there, or this was bad advice that I gave, or in this sermon, I I got a little too zealous and went far more strongly than, than I should have in, in my speech, and, and that was inappropriate. And to either at an individual level, if it's just something that happens between me and a fellow church member, or at a corporate level, if it's something that I have done from the pulpit, to be quick to call myself out, to condemn myself, essentially. And, uh, and that, that helps people to know that their pastor is open to being corrected because he's willing to correct himself. Now that that can be done over the top where pastors just always confessing his sins every time that he talks to anyone and gets up to to preach. Uh, so so you want to be careful there but but when something has been obviously clearly a wrong that I've done, I've just found it good to own that as quickly as I see it. And that might be by someone pointing it out to me, or it might be by the Spirit of God just convicting me of it on the spot. But either way, that's going to foster actually a respect in my people. It's, it's ironic that uh, telling them about my faults would make them respect me more, but they do because they recognize this guy isn't full of himself. So that's, that's one thing. I think another thing is just being willing to do things that you know you might fail at. And so stepping out of your comfort zone and pursuing things that are bigger than you, bigger than your gifts, and leading the church to pursue those things as well, uh, knowing that uh, failure might be the result, but seeking to deliver the church and to deliver my own heart from its perfectionistic tendencies that I always have to succeed and I've always got to have everything together. That, I think, can go a long way in fostering a culture that's open to critique. When you foster a culture that is open to critique in your church, especially with your leadership, isn't it important also to foster a spirit of encouragement where they not only criticize, they encourage? And I don't mean flatter. I mean, there is a place for the ministry of encouragement. My wife, Sharon, wrote a book called Treasures of Encouragement. How do you teach both sides of that coin, criticism and encouragement? 
That's a great point. Yes. So we ought not to just be seeking to cultivate a bunch of critics, but we, we ought to be seeking to cultivate mature Christians who are therefore willing to give both constructive criticism and encouragement. And the way that we do that mainly is by example. And even in our criticism, so this is something that Dr. Beakey has taught me. It's what he calls the the sandwich principle. So when you have a sandwich, you have two pieces of bread, and then you have all the meat in the middle. And Dr. Beakey says that the meat is your, your criticism, but you want to sandwich it between two pieces of encouragement so that you're not just coming at, at someone and saying, this is what I see wrong in your life and just kind of nailing them to the wall, but you're helping them to be open and receptive to the criticism by showing them first what you see in their life that's encouraging. It's genuine encouragement. It's not just things that you're saying that aren't actually true. I think the example that we gave in in the book was a woman whose child is just screaming during worship and and she is leaving him to scream in worship and everybody's getting distracted. So so you go up to to the lady afterwards and say, you know, Cindy, I'm so thankful for your your desire to have Johnny in the worship service. And it's it's very clear that you prize raising him up in the fear and admonition of the Lord. You give that encouragement. And then after you've given a genuine encouragement, you you give uh, the, the the criticism. While, while that's the case, uh, it's it's very distracting to to the people that are that are trying to worship the Lord when when Johnny is is crying like that. And I would just I would just ask you to to consider for the sake of of your brothers and sisters taking him out when when he gets to that point and and then you you end with another another encouragement and uh, so when you as a pastor are doing that you're you're not only helping your people to receive the criticism but you're also training them how to give criticism in a way that other people will be able to receive and and how to give an encouragement uh, as well you know, it's interesting to me that in the infamous year of 2020, the uh, political and social uh, and even to a degree, the economic environment of our country was one of great division. Those divisions spilled over into the church. And I know of pastors and congregants who have parted ways over who they voted for or who they supported or did not support. There are churches right now I can point to that are being split over the matter of masks. Sadly, great churches uh, that were really booming for Christ, so to speak, are being divided over issues that just don't matter. So the criticisms are criticisms where they are majoring on minors and not majoring on majors. How do you address that? That's a a very difficult question because we live in very polarizing times and uh, specifically with regards to the the pandemic and just the the larger political issues surrounding it. There are people within the church that are on completely opposite sides of the fence. There, There are people in my own congregation 
some who wouldn't be caught dead wearing a mask because they believe it's disobedience to God to wear such a thing in worship, and others who I have never seen their actual face in the six months that I've been here because they always (laughs) have a mask on, and uh, and they're very uh, convicted about that. And one, one of the things that I'm so thankful for that prior to my coming here, because I came here uh, and took the call to pastor here in the middle of the pandemic, is that prior to my coming here, the, the elders had dealt with the situation in, in great wisdom and with great care. Rather than choosing a side, they affirmed people in, in their sides because as as you said, I think this is, and there's there's great debate here, obviously. But in my opinion, this this is an issue that's neither here nor there. It's I really could care less if you wear a mask in worship or not. Uh, but there are people that their their consciences are are bound one one way or or the other, and and to recognize that as leaders and to respect that i think is important when we're dealing with something that is not uh, explicitly clear in scripture but is that is within the bounds i would argue of christian liberty and my my elders did that not only did they do that but they personally contacted each family in the church or each individual member in the church if they weren't married and uh, and discuss it with them. Look, we know this is this is your your position here, but there are other people in the church, brothers and sisters, that are on on the other side. And we just ask that you keep your position to yourself, and and that that you keep a, a right perspective. And so so there are people with very polarized positions in our church, but it has never, it's never been an issue. We've had a couple feathers ruffled here and there, but we've just sought to keep a a close watch on our sheep. So I don't have experience of, of that happening per se, where someone has left or the church has, has split. But I I think that that is a, uh, a devastating thing. And I, I know that that, that is happening. And as pastors, I think, and as elders, it's it's our responsibility to do everything in our power up front to ensure that that doesn't it doesn't get to that point. And once it gets to that point, yeah, I don't. I'm not exactly sure that I'm qualified to to give any specific advice to that here. Well, that brings me to my final question. Take that pastor's watching this. Speak directly to him who feels trapped by a critical congregation. What hope can you give him? Well, hope is a confident expectation uh, that's rooted in God and in his promises towards his people and his word. And so as Christians, we, we have great hope. We have great confident expectation of what is to come. And that, that has uh, significant implications for how we handle criticism in the now and feeling trapped in, in criticism. One passage that immediately comes to mind as I think about our future hope is uh, Paul's words in uh, 1 Corinthians 4. So he's dealing with a church that is critical of him. The Corinthians were, were criticizing Paul, 
And Paul says something uh, really uh, remarkable in, in that passage. I think it's in verse three. I don't have it in front of me. And so this, this will be a paraphrase, but essentially he says, uh, it's, it's a very small thing what you think about me. And it's, it's a very small thing what I even think about myself. I remember reading that, I don't know, a year or so ago, and it just struck me that I could not say that with Paul, that it's a very big thing to me what you think of me. It, 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 it means a lot to me that you affirm me and that you love me and that you respect me. And here's Paul saying, uh, actually, it's not completely irrelevant. It's not like I don't care at all, but it, it's a very small thing. And, and here's the reason why. He says, it is the Lord who judges me. And then he points forward to the future day of judgment and the fact that we will all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, that our secret uh, intentions of the heart are going to be laid bare, that, that all our, our works and our true character is going to be exposed on that day. And so in light of that future hope, in light of the confident expectation of the coming judgment, uh, Paul's perspective on present criticism is reoriented. It's reoriented by the, this future reality. So you, you have the reality of future judgment, but probably my, my favorite thing to think about in the face of criticism that I would encourage a, a man who is lacking hope and is feeling uh, just stuck in a barrage of, of criticism and uh, feeling at the point of despair would be to point to the hope to come of a new heavens and, and a new earth. And, and I love, and we draw this out in the book, I love to think about heaven in the face of criticism here and now. I love to think about heaven as a criticismless world. And it's going to be criticismless because there will be no ability to either give constructive criticism or destructive criticism. Now, there won't be ability to give constructive criticism because we will be perfected, freed from sin. So there won't be anything in us to be justly criticized. And there won't be the ability for destructive criticism for the same reason. No one in heaven is going to be able to speak things that aren't true or that are harmful and unloving. It'll be a world of perfect love and therefore a world free of criticism. And that's that's so helpful to reorient our perspective in the midst of hostility, especially from people in our own church, people who are fellow brothers and sisters in the Lord. It, it helps to think there is a day coming when this brother or sister and I are going to love each other perfectly. With, with an affection that we can't even understand what that's going to be like now in our, in our fallen condition. And that's, I think, hope delivers from despair in, in the here and now. Thank you for listening to this Help and Hope podcast produced by Mark Inc. Ministries. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Visit markinc.org. M-A-R-K-I-N-C dot org to find additional free resources on a variety of topics. Online counseling services are also available through Anchored Hope Biblical Counseling 
by visiting helpandhopenow.org. That's helpandhopenow.org. Download the Help and Hope app on your mobile device. Hope is just one click away.